time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. All right, so here is uh, the Newsmax Daily. I am your host, Rob Carson. Hello, hello, hello. How was your weekend? Mine was pretty good. Mine was pretty good. Uh, you had a chance to uh, get some honeydew stuff out of the way. I also watched, um, what is this, uh, a movie about a rock star who's deaf. Uh, that, that was pretty interesting. It was called The Silence of Metal, I think. Anyway, it was one of the uh, one of the movies that, uh, that were uh, nominated for an Oscar. I did not watch the Oscars. I have no interest in watching the Oscars. It's really, really, honestly, kind of a shame that we can't watch the Oscars anymore because of woke BS. It really is a shame that uh, that the Oscars have completely avoided you and me uh, as as conservatives or even as libertarians. Anything other than the Sound of Metal. That's right. The, the, the Sound of Metal is the name of the movie. I, I saw it last night. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. The thing that I thought it was most fascinating about the sound of metal was that I worked for Rush Limbaugh for over 20 years. Rush Limbaugh went completely deaf around 50, what, 15 years ago, something like that. He went deaf. And the thing that I found fascinating was that uh, it, it kind of showed me what he may have gone through. Imagine you being the most powerful name in audio broadcasting. And losing your ability to hear. You don't realize that, do you? You don't realize what a big deal that was. Many people have no idea that Rush Limbaugh, for the last 15 years of his show, was completely deaf. Amazing. It's amazing when you think about it. So the sound of metal, I watched that. That was pretty good. When he turned on the cochlear implants, I was like, wow, wow, wow. That's what it sounds like. Because I remember hearing from people at the EIB that Rush could not hear the things that I was sending him. The comedy that I was sending him. He couldn't hear them. One of the reasons why Rush uh, played the same bumper music for the last 30 years was he could not hear the new stuff. So a little insider, a little insider baseball there as far as the Rush Limbaugh program. Anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> Did you see the Oscars tanked? Guys, and, and if you don't understand everything that's going on in the country with regard to uh, the state of the union, the state of people, when you look at the election of 2020, which I contend was fraudulent, <laughs> it was very, it was very obvious it was very obvious, but, you know, I've been called names and told, yeah, you're crazy, you're a conspiracy, there is no, come on. If you are expecting a wave of 81 million voters, you would expect more than 10 people to show up your freaking campaign rallies. Give me a break. Give me a break. The Oscar ratings tumbled to an all-time low 9.85 million. Now, this is an original. This is like a, kind of like the uh, the first ratings out. It, it may drop. It looks like that the drop was 58% versus last year. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you know why? Because people don't want to be preached to anymore by these Fools, they're done. Now, the Oscars were precluded with the possibility it was going to be the wokest Oscars ever. People are really tired of uh, this wokeism bullcrap because woke only means if you, you know, completely agree with the left agenda. That's that's what uh, woke is. Woke is the uh, complete capitulation toward the left agenda. Woke is not conservative. You cannot be conservative and woke, and that's why it's so wrong. Regina King wasted a little time by kicking off the 93rd Annual Academy Awards by declaring she would have protested in Minnesota if things had gone differently in the past week. 
Here is Regina King. I don't know who Regina King is. Really don't care. But here is Regina King kicking off the Oscars, which originally basically told everybody, you know, you know what? I don't really feel like watching this, and I'm going to tune out. Ah, it has been quite a year, and we are still smack dab in the middle of it. We are mourning the loss of so many, and I have to be honest. If things all built on a lie, by the way, have gone differently this past week in Minneapolis. I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. Now, I know that a lot of you people at home want to reach for your remote when you feel like Hollywood is preaching to you. And they obviously did. But as a mother of a black son, I know the fact. Yes, you're a black. I see that, actually. On the TV monitor, I actually see you're a black person. It's crazy. Here ...that so many live with and no amount of fame... Oh, and you are sitting there in your, what, $10,000 gown, and you are claiming victimhood. Fortune changes that. Okay? But tonight... We are here to celebrate. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and everybody tuned out. And the reason they tuned out is because they're tired of being preached to by uh, billionaires and millionaires. Yeah, honestly. Done, done, done. Done, done, done. Done, 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 done. Done with the Oscars. Thank you. What I do watch is on Netflix, uh, maybe a couple of the Hulu, a couple of other places, but I'm not, I'm not going to the movies anymore. I, I would like going to the movies. I really do. I really like going to the movies, but I'm really tired of being preached to. I'm really being tired of being preached to because I don't make a lot of money. Okay, I'm really tired of being preached to because to me, a big deal is being able to spend money on a movie and popcorn and all that for my family. Sometimes that runs 50, 60 books. I enjoy it. But I'm really tired of being preached at. When I uh, go to see a movie by these people, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm not a racist. You're not a racist. <laughs> we're not racist. But we're being portrayed as racist. One of the things that really made people mad, Anthony Hopkins, he won a, uh, a best actor. And he beat out a, uh, a black actor for the best actor and he didn't even bother to show he didn't even bother to show to the award ceremony and consequently he's probably uh, he's probably a racist he's probably a racist so here is anthony cop now apparently chadwick boseman who passed away and i mean this is really tragic chadwick boseman passed away tragically and anthony hobbins won an oscar Despite his passing and Chadwick Boseman's performance, people are very mad. And then Anthony Hopkins didn't even show up for the ceremony. Here is his acceptance speech pre-recorded from Wales or wherever the hell he lives. Good morning. Well, here I am in my homeland in Wales. And at 83 years of age, I did not expect to get this award. I really didn't. And... Um, very grateful to the Academy and thank you. And I want to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who's taken from us far too early. And again, thank you all very much. <laughs> I really did not expect this. So I feel very privileged and honored. Thank you. I don't even know what show he was in, what movie he was in. Uh, Silence of the Lambs 3, not exactly sure what it was, but anyway, he. Uh, he accepted the uh, Best Actor Award, wasn't there, blah, 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 blah. The only like real positive of the entire uh, night was Tyler Perry actually paying tribute to uh, the police. I know, I know, really weird. Here's Tyler Perry, and he does all those Medea movies that are, dear God in heaven, so terrible. But, uh, you know, I give him credit for this speech. You know, when I set out to help someone, uh, it is my intention to do just that. I'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity. Like, uh, case in point, this one time, I remember I was, maybe it was about 17 years ago, I rented this building and we were using it for production. And I was walking to my car one day and I see this woman coming up out of the corner of my eye and I say, mm, she's homeless, let me give her some money. Judgment, I wish I had time to talk about judgment. 
Anyway, I reach in my pocket and I'm about to give her the money. She says, excuse me, sir, do you have any shoes? It stopped me cold because I remember being... This is a very cool story. ...homeless and having one pair of shoes and they were bent over at the heels. So I was like, yeah. So I took her into, into the studio. She was hesitant to go in, but we went in. We go to wardrobe and there are all these boxes and everything around the walls and fabrics and racks of clothes. So we ended up having to stand in the middle of the floor. So as we're standing there, we, I, wardrobe, we find some shoes, we help her put them on, I stand up, I'm waiting for her to look up. And all this time she's looking down, she finally looks up, she's got tears in her eyes. She said, thank you, Jesus, my feet are off the ground. In that moment, wow. I, I just, I, I recall her saying to me, I thought you would hate me for asking. I'm like, how can I hate you when I used to be you? How can I hate you when I had a mother who grew up in a Jim Crow South in Louisiana, a rural Louisiana, right across the border from Mississippi, who at nine or ten but years wait, old. But uh, wait, Joe Biden says that uh, reforming voting in uh, in Georgia is uh, the Jim Crow South. No, it's not. Was grieving the death of Emmett Till. As she got a little bit older, she was grieving the death of the civil rights boys and the, the little girls who were in the bombing in Alabama. She grieved all this all these years. And I remember being a little boy and coming home, and she was at home, like, what are you doing at home? You're supposed to be at work. She was in tears that day. She said there was a bomb threat, and she couldn't believe that someone wanted to blow up this place where she worked, where she took care of all these toddlers. It was the Jewish Community Center. My mother taught me to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse. Listen to this, kids. Use blanket judgment. And in this time, and with uh, all of the internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think a certain way, the 24-hour news cycle, it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids, and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white. Or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. What? What? When? Hold on, hold on, hold on. His career is over. Or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. And I want to take this Gene Herschel humanitarian award. And by the way, I greatly appreciate what he's saying, but most of us don't. Most of us don't hate. <laughs> we don't hate. The hate comes from the left. The hate comes because they want to attack Trump supporters. The hate has been coming for years. When Donald Trump was running for president, there were people who would get in line at Trump rallies to cause violence. That's where the hate comes from. That's where the hate comes from. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate people because they're left to center. You know what I hate? I hate ideologies. I hate ideologies like socialism and communism. You know why? Because last century, they left 100 million bodies in their wake. That's what I hate. If you want to follow that, get the hell out of the country. If you want to follow that ideology, get the hell out of the country. Go somewhere else. Go live in your, your glorious, glorious uh, imaginary land of unicorns and fairies like Cuba. But don't bring it here. Do not bring it here. John Kerry, U.S. Special Envoy for Climate Change, even though he flies everywhere in a private jet, facing calls for his resignation from Republican lawmakers and pundits for reportedly discussing Israeli military operations with Iran's foreign minister, when he served as then-President Obama's Secretary of State. Now, what you don't remember is that John Kerry was acting as a liaison while Donald Trump was the president to Iran. That was illegal. You don't remember it. Look it up. Look it up. John Kerry is known for his betrayal of his brothers-in-arms in Vietnam. He is known for his radical leftism, and this is not a big surprise. Biden administration officials are dismissing the allegations, saying the information Kerry allegedly shared was widely known at the time. Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska asked for Kerry's resignation in a floor speech, one of the several senators to do so Monday. I don't do this lightly. I, uh, in my entire time in the Senate, I have never called for anyone's resignation. 
But his record, John Kerry's record of undermining working families and working against American national security interests was too much to bear. He needs it to go. The New York Times and other outlets reported on one Monday that leaked audio recorded in March captured Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javid Zarif saying that Kerry told him Israel had attacked Iran's interests in Syria 200 times. John Kerry has been acting as a liaison to Iran while Donald Trump was a president. Look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up. Pay attention. I need you to pay attention. You know, I've got the I've got the attention span of a fruit fly. I really do. But I pay attention to stuff like this. And this I'm gonna try and be really cool. <laughs> this guy is and always has been an enemy of the United States of America. Kerry categorically denied the allegations on Monday evening on a tweet said this never happened either when I was Secretary of State or since State Department spokesman Ned Price who would uh, would not comment on the contents of the uh, the contents of the reportedly leaked audio but appeared to dismiss that the Iranian foreign minister's astonishment was genuine. I would just like to make the broad point that if you go back and look at press reporting from the time, this certainly was not a secret, and governments that were involved were speaking to this publicly on the record. John Kerry was speaking to Iran during the Trump administration with the hopes that the Trump administration would not be around another four years. This is very, very clear. Pay attention. Pay attention, kids. Pay attention. It's not hard. It is not hard at all. If you just pay attention. Joe Biden's approval rating at 100 days is the third lowest since tracking began. His approval rating at the 100-day mark is around 52%. 52% of Americans in the latest ABC News Washington Post poll approve of Biden's work in office lower than any president at 100 days in office since 1945, save Gerald Ford, 1974, Donald Trump, 2017. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> During the first three months in office, the broadcast evening newscasts have showered Biden with 55, 59% positive press. Four years ago, those same programs were hammering Trump with 89% negative press. Do you wonder why? <laughs> 89% negative press during the Trump administration, and yet he had an approval rating similar. It is amazing, right? It is amazing to look at the propaganda, the North Korean-esque propaganda that Donald Trump went through, and he was still able to achieve approval ratings similar to Joe Biden, where most of his his press coverage was positive. Honestly, it's just, it's stunning, it is stunning. A couple of other things that you might find interesting. New poll by Beacon Research and Shaw and Company, apparently for Fox News, found that 77% of national voters believe there should be a valid ID form if you're going to vote, meaning you need to show identification if you're going to vote. 77% of Americans <clears throat> the reason why the Democrat Party doesn't want you to show identification is because they want to steal elections. I'm, not, I'm just, the gloves are off. Honestly, the gloves are off. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. The reason why the Democrat Party does not want voter ID is because they want to steal votes. Done, done, done. There is no argument about this. There is, a, there is no dispute about this. That's what it's there for. And the American people realize that showing an ID when you vote is very important. You know why? Because you don't get your vote stolen. Guys, your vote is sacred. To me, stealing your vote is akin to murdering you. It's unreal. Stealing your vote is like murdering someone. You're looking at me like, but Rob, that's, I mean, that's inflammatory. What? No. No, it's not. Stealing my vote takes away my representation. 
and it is absolutely inexcusable. It is absolutely inexcusable. This survey shows that 95% of the Republicans support showing voter ID in order to vote, 76% of independents, 60% of Democrats, and the other Democrats are just corrupt. They're just corrupt. The survey also showed that 81% of Republicans are extremely or very concerned about voter fraud, including 40% of extremely or very concerned about voter suppression. 39% of Democrats were extremely or very concerned about voter fraud because they benefit from it. Duh. Majority of voters oppose reducing any type of funding that goes towards police departments. <laughs> this is another thing that uh, Democrat mayors and governors are failing on saying that we need to defund the police, you idiots. You honestly, you are so, so stupid. <laughs> and when you hear some of the crime statistics from these big Democrat enclaves, you'll go, wow, yeah, I get it. Nearly double the amount of voters opposed reducing the funding for police departments around the country. Registered voters showed 62% believe that the funds should not be moved to fund other areas. At the same time, the survey found only 30% are in favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 87% of Republicans were opposed and 79% of evangelicals were opposed to reducing police funds. The views amongst Hispanics split down the middle. 46% were in favor of reducing the funding versus 47% of Hispanics who voted. And they're all idiots. 30% of voters approve of congressional job performance. 58% disapprove in the way Congress is working. We have a swamp that needs to be drained. Joe Biden is going to raise the minimum wage for 700,000 federal contract workers from 10.95 to $15 in a new executive order. It's just your money. Don't worry about it. It's just your money. Yeah. Current minimum wage for federal contract workers 10.95. They're going to increase that by 37% to 15 bucks. This would lead to reduced employment. A senior administration official said but would Enhance worker productivity, then create higher work by boosting workers' health, morale, and effort. Meaning that if you make less and you're a worker, you will perform at a very crappy level if you don't make as much. I made $3.35 an hour from 1982 to around 1988-89. That was the minimum wage. That's what I did. I worked at a truck stop. I made $5 an hour because they paid me a little bit more. I walked beans. I picked up bales as a farm worker. Made a little bit more. I had a, I had a, <laughs> Clifton Talty was a 90-year-old man about 1984. <laughs> he paid me $5 an hour. I was like, oh, my God, in heaven, $5 an hour to walk beans and walk corn. And take out the uh, volunteer corn and the, the volunteer soybeans. God, I sound old, don't I? $3.35 an hour. My son, over the Christmas break, made $15 an hour at Target. You know why? They needed employees. If you don't want to work for $8 an hour, $10 an hour. You don't have to work there. But Joe Biden just used your money <laughs> to make sure that everybody makes 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, it's just your money. Don't worry about it. It's just your money. It's just your money. Chipotle Chief Financial Officer Jack Hartung admitted last week that he would be forced to raise menu prices if the government dates $15 an hour for the minimum wage. He's saying your, your prices are going to go up. Now, I went to Chipotle a couple weeks ago, and I got a burrito bowl with the new cauliflower. I think I paid $11. <laughs> $11 for a, a, a lunch at Chipotle by myself. 
It was delicious, by the way. I love it, I love it, I love it. But if you're going to get paid $15 an hour to work at Chipotle, it's going to get passed along to you. It's going to get passed along to you. Micaiah Bryant was shot to death about a week ago in Columbus, Ohio. She was brandishing a knife. She was going to kill somebody. She was going to gut somebody. Police officer said, nah, not going to do that. And he shot her four times. The mainstream media, honestly, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how the mainstream media could look at the videotape and realize that somebody's life was saved and still say this. Somebody else was getting their head kicked in at the same time. Which was the greater threat? Probably the night. You see that? This was one chaotic situation. The cop made some great decisions. But the fake news... They sense an opportunity here, as does the far left. Now, this is Greg Kelly introducing the segment, by the way. Another police officer involved shooting, this time in Ohio. A teenage black girl is dead. Child in this community tragically died last night. This is a failure on part of our community. Outrage erupting in the streets again over yet another police shooting, this time in Columbus, Ohio. I am deeply concerned about what we are seeing all across our country. We're going to be talking about yet another police-involved shooting. Here we are looking at another, uh, you know, death of a of a human being um, on tape. Who is trying to stab to death somebody else? I really think that we're at a breaking point. I think that people who defend the police are at a breaking point. If you look at the uh, ratings for the Oscars, we're done. We know this is nonsense. We know this is nonsense. The police are good. They are good. They don't go out. They're not racist. They don't need to be reinvented. And by God in heaven, you idiot Democrats who are wanting to defend all of them, you are showing your colors in cities like New York where police, not police, but shootings are up 270% murders, carjackings. There is no more naked evidence that your bottle disease are failed than if you look at cities like New York City. <laughs> I mean, honestly, wow, what a joke. This is uh, Val Dennings, used to be the, I guess, the police chief in Orlando, talking about how this 16-year-old shot in Columbus was justified. Let me ask you about the, the George Floyd Policing Act and this uh, awful incident, um, uh, Micaiah Bryant, in, in Ohio. So under, as I understand it, under the legislation, federal officials, uh, uh, police officers, they would um, be uh, restrained from using excessive force unless a third party was in danger and unless they couldn't de-escalate. Those seems to be the facts of the case in the Bryant case, which means that under the standards set in the, in the Floyd Policing Act, the officer in that case seems to have acted as they were trained and supposed to. Well, you know, John, at, when I served as a police chief, what I prayed for daily was that my police officers would respond as they are trained to do. Now, after every incident, we would have to go back and look at our policy. Now, she is a black Democrat, which I guess would make her a complete racist. And make sure that the policies right at the moment. But look, I worked as a social worker with foster care children. So it's a, it's a sad moment for me. But I also was a patrol officer who was out there on the street having to make those split-second decisions. You know, now everybody has the benefit of slowing the video down and, and seizing the perfect moment. The officer on the street does not have that ability. He or she has to make those split-second decisions, and they're tough. But the limited information that I know in viewing the video, it appears that the officer responded as he was trained to do with the main thought of preventing a tragedy. And, and a loss of life. Of now, the wait a minute. No, 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 no. Hold on. Assault. She is a Democrat and she is a woman. Dear God in heaven, there's something wrong with her. She's a racist. She is a racist. Are you kidding me? Dear Lord in heaven. <laughs>
By the way, uh, in de Blasio's New York, uh, shootings have rocketed 250%. 257% increase from the same period last year. Unbelievable. Minneapolis student and lifelong resident of Minneapolis, and I, I lived in Minneapolis for a few years in the 90s, recently spoke about the violent, uh, radical place her hometown has become, declaring that she is moving out of the Minneapolis area and never going to go back. Grace Bureau, who has interned for the Center of American Experiment, wrote in a recent opinion piece published by the College Fix that she is now too afraid to walk alone in the Minneapolis neighborhood she grew up in. Quote, the Ace Hardware down the street, the one I used to bike to in the summer, robbed twice in the last five days. Molotov cocktails have been launched into the Walgreens next to her elementary school. Homeless camps now line the Lake, Lake Harriet Bandshell, which I used to go to all the time, by the way, my wife and I. I spent the last year watching this city crumble Burning it wasn't enough. The autonomous zone at 38th Street and Chicago Avenue, which Bureau said is 10 minutes from her house, still stands. Blocked to police officers and residents, activists running the site, say they've, uh, they won't give up on the, the street until their list of 24 demands is met by the city. Mm. Minnesota is currently revising social studies standards for schools. The first draft, which focused on systematic racism and racial equity. The first draft received thousands of comments from concerned residents who were then deemed white supremacist, racist, and harmful. (laughs) Do I need to explain the face plant that liberalism is doing across the country. I don't think I need to. (laughs) I don't think I need to. Unbelievable. Let's talk about some of the great personalities and great guests of Newsmax TV. Benny Johnson. Love Benny Johnson. He talked about uh, a, a black life that apparently does not matter. This is a very powerful commentary. And I give credit to this this gentleman who was just recently added to uh, Newsmax, Benny Johnson. Check it out. 11-year-old Devon McNeil walked the familiar red brick of the Washington, D.C. Anacostia projects on the night of July 4th, 2020. Devon was proud of the football jersey he wore on his walk. He was a football star at his middle school. Devon's dreams of playing in the NFL ran through his head as he approached the family member's house to get a phone charger. Devon wanted a phone charger to charge his phone so that he could film the fireworks that night. It was the 4th of July. Devon never got to film the fireworks or wear an NFL jersey. As he reached for the door handle, Devon was struck in the head with a bullet, fired from a car in a random drive-by shooting. This is the black life that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He wasn't killed by a, a white cop. Doesn't matter. In his impoverished neighborhood, Devon died at 11 years old. The media did not make Devon a national figure. You never heard Devon's name chanted. And Damn it. Are you not hearing this? Are you not hearing this again? This is an 11-year-old boy who had every possibility to achieve everything in his life. I'm 55 years old. I never lost my life at 11 years old. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything, guys. When are we going to get tired of this? When are we going to get tired of this? LM marches. BLM certainly did not show up to help his family. Their founders were far too busy. Al Sharpton, where are you? Buying real estate in neighborhoods much nicer than Devon's. No memorials or big yellow letters were painted in the street where the Devon died. Politicians did not visit. They would never dare. Here's why. The Democratic Party is in complete and total control where Devon died. They have been for generations. A little boy with the promise of so many things in front of him. And no Democrat cares. His death is a direct result of their failed leadership and corrosion of safety for black Americans, for all Americans. That is why Democrats do not want you to remember Davon. If you did, you may ask the question, 
do Democrat politicians actually care about black lives? I'm white, so I guess I can't express frustration and anger. It is, uh, honestly, I don't even know what to say. An 11-year-old boy with all the promise in the world, a seven-year-old girl at McDonald's in Chicago last weekend, her father was a drug dealer with a rap sheet. Seven years old. Here's more from Benny Johnson. Democrats say the words Black Lives Matter again and again. It became an incantation forced on people. Watch this strange clip from the Oscars this year. And Black Lives Matter. Say it with no, they don't. They don't if they're an 11-year-old kid. They don't if they're a 7-year-old girl. All they matter is a, a white police officer shoots a black person. That's all that matters. Hey, Jimmy. Black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Louder, Jimmy. Black, black lives, lives matter. matter. Louder, Jimmy. Say it so that Mike Pence can hear it. Black black Mike Pence. What do the Mike can't? Mike Pence have to do anything with this? Dear God in heaven. Lives matter. That's right. You wonder why your ratings are so terrible. Okay, nothing says sincerity like screaming something at the Oscars on a stage full of rich people. What's going on here? It's called a virtue signal. It's when people without virtue tell the rest of us that they are virtuous. Perfect, perfect analogy. Then do nothing. The queen of this is Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi put on a kente cloth and kneeled in the U.S. Capitol on the Capitol floor. Yes. She could not stand up after kneeling. No. An apt metaphor. When was the last time our political class stood up I could make anything? a comment. I could make a comment about Democrat women on their knees, but I'm not going to. That is truly harming black Americans, harming all of us. We are all Americans. We live in the same nation. Our lives matter. Wow. Greg Kelly had John Voight on, and I love John Voight. He's just, <laughs> I freaking love him. I, uh, National Treasure is one of my favorite movies of all time. The first one, I watched it probably a hundred times. Here he is talking about the Oscars and what happened and why nobody was watching. Well, they had a tough go because, you know, very few people have seen those films in a theater. You know, and just checking them in critically and just seeing what what's going on here and there. People didn't have a chance to sit down and really enjoy those films. And that's, that's tough for all the performers and all of the people responsible for those films. So it was a it's uh, it's a tough thing for them to have to come to this year and and have their work in this situation. But you know, God hasn't stopped making talent. They're all very gifted people, and and uh, and they had a wonderful night last night. I'm sure everybody. You know, they are very talented people, but more and more it seems like they're working in a box. It's a box designed by I'm not exactly sure who's putting it together, but. It says that you have to speak in a certain way and you have to act a certain all, way. And I'm not talking Actually, about we're, we're quite done with Hollywood at this point. Really, we are. They had 9.8 million viewers on a really good, really good finale of American Idol. 29 million. This was a giant flaming turd. The craft of acting and <laughs> you have to support certain candidates. And wow. I know Hollywood's always kind of been a little bit it's to the joke. left. But it seems off the charts right now. Um, is that the case? Yes. <laughs> yes, let's face it. The, uh, the, uh, the, the Democrat Party, which is uh, obviously in, in uh, sway now, uh, has been overtaken by the left. And, uh, it's, and, and it's very anti-American, actually. Um, so it's a tough time right now. Really. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we are really, really done. We're really done. We showed it. We're really done with this crap. <laughs> I mean, there's no better example than our refusal to watch the Oscars. Nobody cared about the Oscars. Nobody cared. Joe Biden, when he does a, a televised conference, he gets 2,000 viewers. <laughs> because people get it. People get it. They know they're being fed a line and they are refusing it. Here is more from uh, John Voigt on Greg Kelly's show talking about what happened, what the hell happened to Hollywood? What happened to Hollywood? 
Well, I'm going to go back a little bit. I grew up in the '60s, you know. I mean, I mean, I started my career in the late '60s, and and uh, that was a very destructive time for our country. And, and it started out with the, the, the trauma of us losing our our very popular uh, president, John Kennedy. And then it seemed like uh, many elements came forth to. to uh, to dis- disrupt off of that. I'm done with the Oscars. I think you are too. That trauma. <laughs> and uh, one of them of, c- certainly was the KGB, but th- there was a, uh, there was just a big influx of uh, negativity. And it, it is marked, there's a book, um, David Horowitz is a wonderful fellow and a, and a great uh, historian and was active during that period. And he made a big transition he was raised as a communist, and then by his parents, and and then he uh, he he was the editor of Ramparts magazine, and then he had a, a really uh, an eye-opening, very traumatic event of his own, and he he turned. Maybe he realized that communism and socialism left a body trail of 100 million people last century. That time, but he knew all the players. That's undisputable. And I would say that anybody who's really... And if you follow that, you need to go live somewhere that is still socialistic, like North Korea. Or Cuba. Say, I'm interested. You idiot. In the truth. And And China. If you're really interested in the truth, (sighs) pick up uh, his book... uh, I feel better. Radical Son, another one by his friend Peter Collier and he. uh, It's called A Destructive Generation. And those... That'll give you a good portrait of what was going on in the 60s. And it it was a takeover by the left. Let's move on to uh, Grant Stinchfield, shall we? Grant Stinchfield talking about Kamala Harris over the weekend and how she is the border czar and has done absolutely D-word for Richard with regard to the border. This is one line by Kamala Harris that sums up why we are in the position that we are. This is the work that we're doing, but it's not going to be solved overnight. It's a complex issue. Listen, if this were easy, it would have been handled years ago. Well, actually, it was handled uh, when Donald Trump was a president like six months ago. That right there, that's a lie, okay? President Trump did handle it. The situation was improving. It wasn't Yeah, pretty much. It was 85% reduction in illegal entries while Donald Trump was the president. That's true. Perfect. I get that, but it was certainly improving. Team Biden's dismantling of every Trump-era immigration move set us way back in a very, very bad way. And the reality is this problem can be solved overnight, Kamala Harris, and it's not complex at all. Here's what needs to happen. Now, pay attention because this is actually 100% true. If all of these things took place, this crisis would be over, but the Democrat Party doesn't want it to be over. Okay, finish border wall construction reinstate President Trump's remain in Mexico policies. If you're caught crossing the border, well then just you're immediately returned back to Mexican authority. Yeah, really? Not simply given a welcome home bag and a bus ticket to the city of your choice. I know. Any unaccompanied minor should be taken into custody and if you can't find their parents outside of the country, fly them back to their home country. Which is what the Trump administration did. They didn't put them back in the desert. That's a lie. And reunite them with their families, and most of all, stop, and I mean knock it off, all of the promises of amnesty. There you go. Okay. Now, here is uh, Grant's... <laughs> I love Grant Stinchfield. He freaking kicks butt. Uh, here he is on his uh, <laughs> his Oscar observations. Well, folks, the Oscars was a ratings flop. Less yeah. than 10 million people suffered through the award show Majorly. Last night. That's a 58% drop from 2019, which is already a record <laughs> low. So if that's not America sending a message, yes. I don't know what is. So for all of these oh-so-oppressed celebrities, yes, yes. all of this whiny wokeness, how's yes. it going for you, huh? <laughs> we suffered through last night's worst moments, so you didn't have to. Come on, Grant. I have to be honest, if things had gone differently this past week in Minneapolis, I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. Well, uh, today, the police will kill three people. And tomorrow, the police will kill three people. And the day after that. And who are you going to call if somebody comes to your Beverly Hills neighborhood and tries to steal your crap? The 
police will kill three people. We deserve better than to live in a country where more than 100 <laughs> people die by gun violence every single day. Those people happen to disproportionately black people. Please, don't be indifferent to our pain. Shut up and do a movie! I can picture black trans women standing up here and ages and sisters. Another black trans women. That's... Such a huge group of people. And our Latina sisters and indigenous. <laughs> She's crying and stuff. Just women. Yeah. I know that a lot of you people at home want to reach for your remote when you feel like Hollywood. And they did. We're just preaching to you. But as a mother of a black son, I know the fear that so many live with. Wow. Remote, right here, <laughs> turned. Cop-hating, divisive, all about race, phony rhetoric, lies, too, what you just heard there. Yeah. The whole thing was entirely hypocritical. Grant, you're such a racist. But there was one single voice at the Oscars last Ooh, is this Tyler Perry? Last night, that said something so important. So, in my book, the Oscar goes to Tyler Perry. It took the guy who makes the worst movies ever to use common sense... <laughs> It is my hope that all of us would teach our kids and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. A police officer. Wow. He just ended his career. I'm sorry, Tyler. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right, let's move on to a couple of other stories before we go. There's some pretty funny stuff to get to uh, before I say goodbye for today. Bill Maher actually uh, occasionally has a moment of clarity. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. He talks about, uh, and, and I've talked about this too, one of the reasons why I do talk radio now uh, in my mid-50s, is because I felt like life experience is important. It really is. Life experience is important. So you're going to add something to the discussion, and nothing against my brothers and sisters who are younger than me, but I do believe that life experience is important with regard to being able to espouse viewpoints, uh, with regard to being able to share wisdom and common sense, which I do believe I do fairly well. Here is, uh, <laughs> here is Bill Maher talking about 18 to 34-year-olds and how we should not give them so much credence. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible. Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, but doing away with a police force altogether, <laughs> yes. which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. Thirty-six <laughs> percent of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism, but much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened, but it did happen, and there are people around who remember it. Pining for communism—it's like pining for Betamax or MySpace. Except for it's really murdery. So when you say, you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. <laughs> yeah. I agree completely. Here's a little bit more about uh, Bill Maher talking to 18 to 30-year-olds, 34-year-olds who know nothing. You think someone 80 is hopeless because they can't use an iPhone? <laughs> Maybe the one who's hopeless is the one who can't stop using it. <laughs> yes! You think I'm out of it because I'm not on Twitch? Well, maybe I get Twitch, but I just think people watching other people play video games is a waste of time. Twenty percent of Gen Z agree with the statement: society yes. would be better off if all property was owned by the public and managed by the government. And another twenty-nine percent say they don't know if that's a good idea. Here's who does know. Anyone who wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <clears throat> and to my younger brothers and sisters, 
just realize that you can learn a few things from those who've been on the planet a little longer. I'm not saying all, because people like John Kerry and Barack Obama have not learned anything. They still double down on failure. Bernie Sanders doubled down on failure. There are those of us who've seen what happens in history with regard to uh, big government, higher taxes, foreign wars that don't matter. Some of us learn from the past. Some of us don't. Most of those are Democrats. <laughs> One more thing. Police officer has gone viral. This gentleman is uh, Officer Nate Sylvester of the Marshal's Office in Bellevue, Idaho, making fun of uh, LeBron James. Basically arriving on a scene, saying that somebody's being stabbed and having to report to LeBron James before he can do anything. Here is a little bit of the audio from this. This is, this is wonderful. Check it out, guys. Dispatch, I've arrived at that disturbance. We have LeBron call my cell phone right away, please. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. No, can you put the knife down, please, sir? sir no, 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 <laughs> sir, don't stab it. No, no, stop stabbing. Stop. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. Hey, you got me again. Listen, I'm out here at this disturbance call, and there's a guy trying to stab another guy with a knife. What do you think I should do? Why does that matter? Okay, uh, well, they're both black. One guy's trying to stab another guy with a knife. Deadly force is completely justified. Uh-huh. I see. So you don't care... Consulting with LeBron James. If a black person kills another black person, no. but you no. do care if a white cop kills a black person... <laughs> Even if he's doing it to save the life of another black person? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. But then again, you are really good at basketball, so I guess I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, LeBron. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. What? Nothing. I got to go. Nothing. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're on your own. Good luck. Yon, 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 yon. <laughs> See you later. Bye, 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 bye. Uh, <laughs> absolutely wonderful. Guys, it's time for me to go. I greatly appreciate you joining me to show today. Uh, we are on Newsmax.com uh, slash podcasts. It is available all over the world, all over the world. And, of course, uh, NewsmaxTV.com if you have any questions about some of the great programming on the Newsmax network. In the meantime, guys, God bless you. Have a glorious day. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please share with others. In the meantime, I'll see ya. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.